Esports, they're not just for your kids anymore. Well, they were they ever really for your children? I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. But it's time for the minor leagues. I don't have kids, Matt. So you they've don't? never been for my kids. You don't. You don't. That's Nathan Simone. I'm Matt Ryan. And we've got a guest on this edition of the minor leagues. You know him from the BitMart Brain Trust. You know him as the optimizer of search engines. He is Kalichi eBay. Kalichi, how you doing, friend? I'm doing great. It's nice to be here with you guys to talk about esports and NFTs and all that fun stuff. Whoa, Kalichi, you are an SEO wizard, but in another life, actually in this life, you are also a basketball player. So you know not only a lot about real sports, but you also know about esports, crypto, NFTs, and the intersection of them, which is why we wanted to have you on the minor leagues. It's, as you know, the intersection of sports and crypto. Yeah, yeah, I love I love sports. Uh, I played, you know, while I was in high school, briefly in college, um, briefly in college, and I also um, I play video games like on my my spare time, like Madden and all kinds of shooting games. But yeah, I'm a nerd that way. <laughs> all kinds of shooting games. That's we're gonna get yeah. to that, Kalichi. We're gonna get to that. But I know yep. that you and Matt in common had that you both play Madden. A game that I have never played in my life, but I know who the infamous John Madden is because I've heard impressions of him by Brian Regan. So without further ado, what's going on with Madden, esports, microtransactions? Does any of that make sense? Matt, you want to go? You want to go? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, so Madden is a game that's been around for my entire life. And I think all of our lives as well, because you guys are a little bit younger than me. But when it comes to Madden, it started out as just the simple console game. It grew into a cultural phenomenon. People in our age group talk about Madden 2004, playing that for the first time, like the first time they heard the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or went to their first concert. It was a generational moment for video game fans and sports fans um, I've done videos about it for another YouTube channel I run very, very infrequently called Yelling. Um, but over the last decade or so, with the rise of online play, because a big element of Madden since the advent of online play on consoles has been player interactions, different leagues, and then there came in something called the Madden Ultimate Team, which is very much like NFTs in that you buy these trading cards. You don't own them, but you buy them. And for the life of the game, you can buy them, you can sell them, you can trade them, and you can use those players in-game for your quote-unquote ultimate team to play against other people. Kalichi, I'm getting that right, because I've never done ultimate team. Yep, that's that's pretty much it, yep. So it's evolved, and other games have done it too, other EA sports games like NHL, you know, the NHL franchise, the FIFA franchise... And it crossed, you know, cross barriers with 2K Sports, owned by Take-Two, who own Rockstar Games. But they're mostly known for their NBA 2K franchise. I just picked up NBA 2K23 over the weekend. Been playing the Jordan mode nearly nonstop. I'm a little mad. I'm, not, I'm behind a generation on consoles. So I can't do the different generations in NBA, like the different franchise modes. 
so I can't play as the Knicks of the 90s or the Jordan Bulls or the Colby Lakers and, like, recapture my childhood. I'm pissed off about that. But, you know, uh, broke boys stay broke. Um, <laughs> but the Ultimate Team stuff, they're kind. it's kind of what I would consider to be a use case for NFT gaming, but NFT gaming allows you to own and profit off of those on a secondary market that's that's monitored. That's a little there's a there's a system for it. Madden Ultimate Team, not so much. Right, yeah, and that's the that's the beauty about like NFTs and where you know I think it'll play a part when it comes to gaming and esports because um, unlike the you know the traditional like you know games you don't necessarily i mean you own those things but there's not necessarily a place for you to i guess you know sell or buy buy and sell those those items you know with nfts uh you it, it's it's ownership you know that's that's the, the key thing like you actually own those items and you can do whatever you want with it you can sell it um and uh that's where i think you know it will bring that i guess uh level of i guess ownership you know, rather than just playing a game just for the sake of it, you know, you're actually playing and getting rewarded with something that has real world value. And, you know, that's, that's, I think that's going to be, you know, popular as time goes on. And Nathan, I don't know about you, but like when it comes to games, you, you want to, you want to hold on to it. Like I'm an old guy when it comes to it. Like I have N64 cartridges, I have PS2 games that I've bought and rebought over the last 30 years or so, like MVP Baseball 2004, which is also like a high watermark for sports fans. Like we we love specific sports games of our childhood and of our youth. There's a certain nostalgia attached to them, whether it's the soundtrack, the players in the game, different functionalities. Sports games now don't have that same appeal, that same... Like, I've got to go out and buy this because it's just a reskinned version of last year's game. And I haven't bought a new copy of Madden since 2017, maybe 2016. And it just fe- it doesn't feel like the same game I played growing up, even though I'm trash at it. And when you when you have those video games that come out every year, I think we've really seen a breaking point in the marketplace, kind of like the bear market, where you're going to have those diehards who buy it every year, but then you're going to have those who are like, I'm not spending 70 bucks on this. I'm not going to drop so much money and so much time on an asset that has depreciated to the point where, like, I'm not going to enjoy this. All I'm going to get out of it is frustration and just a lot, a lot of headaches and me trying to create content around the fact that this game is broken. I mean, you know, even though I don't play the games, Matt, I I couldn't agree with you more there. I see them come out on the shelves, and it's like without even playing them, I know that the Cleveland Browns are garbage. They've been garbage since the 1960s. I even know this as a non-sports fan. The last good football game that I ever played, nay, the last football game 
that I probably ever played was NFL Blitz on the N64. And you know the reason why I loved that? Because me and my cousins could get together, play football without really knowing anything about football. There were no rules. I think it was based on the XFL. You could sack people. You could do all this sort of stuff that clearly, once again, as a non-sports fan, I know is against the rules. It just made it more fun. I feel like every fourth play was a Hail Mary. So (laughs) it just made it diabolical and crazy. But I see these games now, and other than the high def and maybe the ability to have NFTs in them, it's like, what's, I don't know, what's the point? And then you're right. You got to have the new ass console, an amazing internet connection, blah, 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 blah. We get it, people. And you tell you're not a game, you're not, not so, <laughs> you're not a game person, uh, Nathan. Well, you know what, Kalichi, I've said this before. I'm red dead until I die. Every so often I get on the GTA. Um, I enjoy playing a free poker game online, but I'm primarily using my Xbox for the aesthetics and watching YouTube or Netflix on my television without having to use the remote. Uh, but I do play one game with my brother every so often uh, that we will talk about after you guys are done with Madden. It is technically an eSport. It's called Call of Duty Warzone, and I do get into that every so often. But I'm not, uh, no, I'm not a hateful person in general. I just, games are not, they are an interest that I continually seem to age out of. But once again, Red Dead Until I Die. Red Dead Until I Die. I, I personally love Red Dead, but to pick up on your point about Blitz, that era of sports games, Blitz was just like this wide open arcade style game. We saw there was a baseball version, a hockey version, and the predecessor to that was NBA Jam, which was these were all done by Midway. These were over the top arcade style games where you could literally be on fire. You can send people ostensibly to the hospital. Um, and then you had the EA versions of that, which were street. NFL and NBA Street, which were some of the best games I've ever played because you had all of this ability for creativity. I love a good simulator, but the things that really brought those games to me, and also it was the soundtracks, like a great soundtrack will make you fall in love with a game. Like the the argument for me and some friends of mine about the best GTA, the best Grand Theft Auto game, doesn't come down to story, comes down to soundtrack sometimes because there's so there's such a narrow gap between how good all of those games are like I'm a huge fan of GTA 5 GTA 4 was one of my favorite games of all time grew up playing Vice City could never beat certain missions in San Andreas I probably could now because GTA 5 is a son of a bitch to complete same thing with the Red Dead it's like Red Dead you love that game because not only the storytelling element is so beautiful but just the game itself is just this a massive, immersive experience where you can just live in that world and explore. And there's never, you, you, there's always something to do in that game. Uh, but when it comes to sports games, it's about the experience. It's about the community. It, it, there's a lot of NFT tie-ins. For me, sports games were a connection with my friends. We would play Blitz. We would play Madden. We'd play all these games as a way of just like finding an excuse for us to hang out with each other. There was a community aspect to it. And we would go to my buddy Rich's basement 
we would hang out there for hours and hours and simulate NBA 2K fantasy. So we would all draft our own teams and we would pick different franchises and we would run them. So we would make trades, we would make signings, and it's just like six of us in this basement huddled around a TV trying to see who was the better general manager. The rib of it is I was one of the worst, but I'm actually a pro football executive now, LOL at you guys. But when it comes to modern esports, like you were talking about with Call of Duty Warzone, it's that communal aspect again. And it's a comp- the, the idea of competition transcends all of it because there are teams, there's so many aspects. Like Counter-Strike was such, and I've talked about it, I think, on this show, if not on the Brain Trust, of how obsessed with that game I was for a period, like me and my friends were for a period of time. Same thing with Halo. We would run Ethernet cables from one apartment in my building all the way up to the roof and then drop the cord to my window and plug it into a router so we could play System Link, which is an archaic way of playing against your friends on different machines. And we would play for hours and it would be like two rooms in one apartment, two rooms in another apartment. It would get, it would get serious. And the amount of like kids got thrown out of houses. People got like rivalries were formed. And this was like the proto esports. And that's why I think it's a billion dollar idea because the personalities, the people playing, how you can screw other people over, the competitiveness of it, the different strategies, the, the atmosphere of it all, once you ratchet that up, you can really market it and sell it to people as you're just watching people compete. Like, we don't care about ice skating three years, like for, at three years at a time, but when it hits the Winter Olympics... Everybody in their aunt wants to see who's winning the gold medal. No one cares about gymnastics except for a scant amount of people. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diminish gymnastics. A lot of people watch gymnastics, but the time when it becomes culturally relevant is once every four years because it's the Olympics and there's a lot on the line and you really can't escape it. And I think esports is getting to that point within our generation and the generations backwards. And it's a hard conversation to have with people older than us or people who really have never spent time playing a video game with another person or competing against another person in a video game. Cause they'll think they'll, they'll think it's dumb. That's like, these kids are just playing a video game. You know, it, it's the same thing that people like, why are, why does everybody care about these guys throwing a ball around smash cut to me on Sunday night in the fetal position, wondering when this ball game is going to end so I can stop feeling miserable. Let's go Mets. They, they lost. God is dead. Moving on. I mean, why does anybody care about a digital piece of cryptographic signature that's currently worth $19,000 a coin? Uh, One real New York story, y'all, with the Ethernet cable. I felt that in my heart. (laughs) Uh, You guys won't even... If you're... If you're even five years younger than me, which I'm only 31, I believe Matt is 33... Uh, you you just have no concept of what a LAN party is or having to connect the physical cables together because y'all were born in the Wi-Fi era. So 
count your blessings right not, there. not even that Chill. like you can play different party like you can you can actually link up with your friends and organize games and servers we didn't have that luxury back in may day you had to be in the same room before you hit someone Chill. with a ghost and stole their flag i had to do the same thing with halo and i remember um i remember i got in with this group of guys who all had xboxes because i didn't have an xbox i think i only just still had an n64 and i didn't even know what an xbox was and i remember going to some kid's house obviously in the suburbs where he had invited over probably a bunch of people for like a birthday party or something like that probably like 10 dudes you know like in fifth or sixth grade something like that whenever halo came out i don't even remember 2000 and having four xboxes Four mm -hmm. Xboxes hooked up. People had even brought like TVs from their house. I think maybe they had gotten another spare TV. Like it was crazy. Oh, just dude, drinking that's... Mountain Dew, staying up until 4 a.m., not getting any sleep. You know, somebody's dad having to come down and yell like, everybody go to bed. You that know, was, just, just, just the good old days. That was <laughs> high school for me. Every Friday, I moved my old ass CRT TV my house to another friend's house like a neighborhood over and we put it in his grandmother's basement we had three to four tvs in that poor woman's basement and every every friday after school and high school from sophomore year to after senior year we would go there we had an old router one of my old routers duct taped to a pipe in the basement plugged in with so many different ethernet ports going to three to four different locations so we would be able to play halo against each other they don't even know matt no they, they don't, don't. know they don't and, and that's what i wanted to ask you about kalichi here is kalichi you're even a little bit younger than me i'm not going to give away your age because i know we're sworn to secrecy here <laughs> but but you know esports I, I kind of got schooled on this. When I think of esports, I take the sports part literally. So I thought it has to be something with uh, a ball, like a baseball, a football, or some competitive aspect like running or track and field or something like that. But everything that I read and what y'all have told me is basically just, hey, esports is anything where there's a competitive element. And the biggest arena of esports, I believe actually the biggest esports game now is Fortnite, which I have never played. But close behind it is things like Counter-Strike, Call of Duty Warzone, and um, I'm blanking on another one there, but first-person shooters, which you have a lot of uh, experience with there, Kalichi. You said it up front, not me. And now... Because of Wi-Fi interconnectedness, being able to just play with people in different countries all over the globe, blah, 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 being able to earn cryptocurrency or NFTs or get unique NFTs from the game, that's just like an added bonus, like on top of the already great cake they all have been served. You don't even have to go to the store to get the cake anymore. Young people, God, I'm sounding old in this podcast episode. Kalichi, tell us more about the evolution of this, because I'm kind of bullish on people being able to stream sats or bitcoin from it but that's still that's still more nascent than nfts which right now are a reality yeah i mean when it comes to when it comes to anything you know entertainment um if you're able to i guess um bring uh like an audience of people like millions of people you know to tune in um you you, you already have a product um so you know, when you add, you know, the ability to potentially like earn like something like Bitcoin into the equation, 
um, that's, you know, that makes it even more interesting, you know, like earning Satoshis while you're playing the game um, or being, having the ability to kind of tip, you know, um, your streamer, the person streaming the game and, you know, using that to support them. Um, you know, there are different ways, there are different ways you can definitely um, integrate, you know, crypto or NFTs, you know, you know in a game. Uh, but when it comes to the, I guess, the esports industry, you know, right now it's still predominantly like, you know, Web2, you know, kind of a thing, you know, it's still, you're using fiat, you know, and, you know, but I know there are companies out there working to see how they can, you know, like integrate crypto into the equation to, in a way, you know, make crypto more ma mainstream and, you know, make, um, for example, Bitcoin more, um, I mean, to get to the masses you know, through gaming. Uh, and that could be that could be a way to do it. And, you know, especially when you start talking about things like, you know, the Lightning Network, you know, that makes transactions like super fast, super cheap, and getting getting Bitcoin in the hands of, you know, people for just like, you know, doing something they already do, which is like playing games, playing video games. Um, but one thing, one thing I one thing I always come across when it comes to, you know, the the whole idea of blockchain gaming is People always, uh, at least from what I've seen so far, people always put the earning part of it in front of the actual game. Meaning, you know, the appeal is always, oh, you can earn money if you play this game, but is the game actually fun to play? You know, you see most of these games, they're kind of like boring and just, <laughs> the reason why people love playing like Madden and, you know, like Counter-Strike, you know, Call of Duty is because it's, it's very entertaining, you know? And I know for Madden, me, why, the reason why I love playing Madden is because you, you have to kind of like, you know, come up with a strategy, you know, you have to, you know, kind of outthink the, your opponent, you know, same thing with chess and, and stuff like that. But, you know, if the game is just, and of course the graphics, you know, looks good, you know, it looks very real and you're having fun. Uh, but when you look at most of this, like crypto games, they're kind of like, it's almost like you're playing Game Boy, like back in the day. <laughs> you know the graphics are just not good and everything is just like low quality um and you know what i think think it is kalichi i think it's just people trying to be first to market and i think right. that's you know like the atari era or the ColecoVision era like the proto era of modern gaming right. really were you know 8 to 16 bit and we're seeing people who have a grasp of the technology. Uh, you know, there's games like uh, Time Raiders that are really nice, that look really good, that have like an N64 quality to them that I enjoy. Shout out to, shout out to Time Raiders, y'all. You can watch their episode of the NFT of NFT 101 and also their Bitmart Brain Trust episode with us on our YouTube channel that you could subscribe to for absolutely free. Hey, yo. It's a great episode. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I should earn Bitcoin by subscribing. That that's an incentive. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but when you look at the proto games, like the this generation of gaming, I, I it's gonna evolve. I don't think we're gonna see next right. gen graphics right now because the amount of machinery and processing it'll need to just operate the game on the blockchain. I, I'm not a technology guy. I can tell you how how I want it to look, how I want it to feel, what I want it to do. But once you ask me about code, I look at you like a dog that was just shown a card trick. I 
won't have an answer for you. I might like popcorn noises may happen and I may do the entire windows 95 shut down and restart. <laughs> so when you're looking at that, it's also about scalability because these right. games are kind of living things. Like a lot of these games now are living things. They're living concepts that evolve. Like Fortnite has seasons and these different games have seasons. Now, instead of selling sequels, you're just basically adding to the game, like add-ons and things like that, which is why GTA and The Sims will have a never-ending lifespan because, you know, The Sims 5, you know, Sims 4 came out almost a decade ago. Sims 5 will probably happen in the next three to five years. GTA 6 has been rumored about since GTA 5 went away. There was a footage leak. I don't know if you guys saw it of GTA 6, but it was really interesting. You know, GTA 6 is supposed to have cryptocurrency. There's supposed to be a cryptocurrency in the game. I do remember reading that. You are so right, though, Matt, about, I mean, let's put it this way. They uh, they can't use Bitcoin on-chain, and they can't use Ethereum on-chain for these things. They're going to have to use Layer 2s or some sort of other advanced network. Might I suggest Cardano game developers? <laughs> <laughs> nice plug in for Cardano. <laughs> but but the, whole thing, the whole thing about... Um, the, the whole issue about blockchain and crypto and gaming is something that I've said before. Like we have a situations where like blockchain developers are trying to become game developers. And those are like two different worlds. Like, I mean, I've tried to like dabble in between those um, both fields. And I can tell you that building a game is extremely, extremely difficult. Like it's, it's a beast on its own. You know, they're not only, it's almost like you're creating a world pretty much, like different levels and different, like, you know, game assets, you know, things moving around, you know, you're designing an AI, you know, like to control the enemies to come attack you. And, you know, you, you're collecting items, you're storing them in inventory. Like it's an extremely, you know, you know um, difficult process to build a game. And in, we have a situation where um, the, you know, like triple A game, you know, devs and, you know, um, studios, you know, they use a form of technology that they're used to right now. And they have a model, a business model that's working for them right now. You know, either, either be a free, a free game and you have like microtransactions in the game where you're like, you know, like in that, like basically in-app purchases, right? If you're trying to like get new skins, you know, you're trying to open up a, a, a loot box or whatever, you know, you need to, you know, purchase the in-game currency with real dollars, and then you have the in-game currency to buy whatever you want to buy in the game, right? That model is working extremely well for, you know, game developers now. So why should I change that model, you know, and replace that with, you know, cryptocurrency and blockchain gaming? So you have this situation where all these, like, people who create amazing-looking games, you know, whether it be in PC games, like console games, they don't want to shift to the blockchain, you know, industry and try to like reinvent the wheel, you know, and the blockchain guys, they really suck at creating games. So <laughs> you're not going to attract, you're not going to attract gamers. You're Sorry, blockchain attract... guys. It's true. It's true. I've seen a lot of blockchain games and except you have someone with experience in the, you know, in the, in the industry, in the gaming industry, the games are really not that great. And like Matt was saying, it's people trying to become first in market, you know, to have some kind of, you know, some kind of game with blockchain integrated with it. But if it's not good, you're not gonna attract real gamers to it. 
they're not going to pay any attention because it's not are they attract are they wanting to attract real gamers though that's my question is it is it a cash grab is it just people people see the jingling keys of nft and game and go running to it like me after the mr softy truck or are there actual like for every time readers where they're trying to build something for gamers and create a sustainable long living product and we've talked about this on the brain trust a lot too where it's just i got to go do the thing and make all the money now like that's that's kind of the goal for some of these companies because right. capitalism uh but well you know i'm not a businessman but uh i do know that when all you're trying to do is extract the most dollars out of people um and be first to market usually those companies and products don't last don't so last at all what i think is interesting about time raiders and once again people go watch the episode or listen to the podcast uh there was actually two of them the reason why they will more than likely be successful is because they were game developers who have now integrated blockchain into their gaming so they yep. started with the foundation that they need now right. Kalichi, matt i think First of all, I agree with everything you said there, Matt, and I also agree with what you said, Kalichi. I think that this next bull market, whenever it happens, you're finally going to see the integration of people that are super well-versed in all their blockchain tech and game developers that have finally, for lack of a better phrase, seen the light or know that this is a thing that they can't avoid, and they'll hire each other and actually make something great instead right. of you know, blockchain people trying to create games, which, hey, they're not that great at. And game people trying to integrate blockchain, you know, weird stuff to make money on the arbitrage, which they're also not good at. So right. it's just, it's a, it's a thing that has not yet reached its time. And I think this next bull market is when they're finally going to meet and actually hire each other. Just my opinion. Right. And I think you're right. And we're starting to see that. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to take a while. I think it will take probably five, quite frankly, five to 10 years because you know, just me, like, you know, being in a, being like uh, entrenched in the, in the Cardano ecosystem, I, I know for a fact that be, because, you know, in order to develop a game, you need to use a, a game engine. Uh, you can either use Unity, you can use, you know, um, Unreal Engine and, and, you know, stuff like that. And I know for a fact that, for example, Unreal Engine is used to create this like crazy looking, like, you know, high quality AAA games, right? And there's no integration with um, Cardano for now, um, but the, the, there's a recent like Catalyst proposal that you know got funded, you know, in the last you know funding round, that a developer who is trying to like bridge, basically trying to integrate Unreal Engine into Cardano, so that way you know when you, when you're creating a game, you can add some like you know blockchain element to the game. For example, you know if you're playing a game. And you know you have a door that will not open unless you have a certain NFT, right? You know, in order to open that door, or you know, a, a treasure chest that's you know when you open a treasure chest, you're not just earning like a, a coin or something that's just stored in the game. The, the 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 prize is actually an NFT that you that you won, and it's stored in your Web3 wallets that you can now use and trade in JPEG store or someplace else. So there there are those things that are happening right now, like. And that's the beauty about, I think, blockchain, NFT, and just gaming in general. Like we are the, we are the people, like the pioneers. We are the ones building this stuff. Like if we don't do it, like I mean, we can say, oh, we'll wait till those like game devs come to us. But we need to start like building the infrastructure right now. 
And I think that's what makes it so exciting. You know, it's, it's anybody's game right now before the, the Facebooks and the, the big game studios come, come into town. Yeah, especially since Cardano is a ghost chain and nobody uses it and ADA is a worthless currency. Damn. Don't mind people. Damn, I'm still stacking up my bags. <laughs> <laughs> but as we head towards the end of this episode, I think that your roadmap, Kalichi, is the accurate one. Three to five years for anything to really get its footing in a space that's ever-evolving. Like, this is not a static system. This is a living, breathing organism that exists within other living, breathing organisms. So you're you're going to see a lot of people stumble and fall because they think that they have to do that to catch up because of the technology, because of all these things. And I think the first major game studio to really embrace it, and we've right. seen other game studios, we've seen, uh, I believe Square Enix is interested in the NFT space. We're seeing other game companies start to adopt it. But to create a true on-chain game, I think we're not going to see that for the next three to five years for it to be at a AAA level. And I think it'll align with where the consoles go next. Where, right. What's the next generation of consoles looking like? Are they going to be the same kind of machines? Are they going to be more like PCs? Are they going to be this? Are they going to be that? Are they going to be like fire sticks the size of like a... A USB port. We don't know what that's going to look like over the next three to five years. They're probably not going to be this size, for God's sake. But you get my point. The gaming industry is continuously evolving for good or for bad because there's a lot of people who don't like the microtransactions, which are basically right. extensively NFTs. Microtransactions are things you can't make money off of. You are just you are giving money to an entity to lease something until you don't have access or support anymore. NFTs are different. And I think the biggest and toughest job that anyone will have is marketing this to traditional gamers and saying, hey, this is not microtransactions. Yes, you are buying something, but the, you, your value will not do, your value can diminish or it can grow. You, you're, you're taking, it is an asset. We are treating this like an asset. What you are buying is an asset. You can sell it. You can trade it. You could treat it as a security if you need to. These are ways to weaponize gaming and also create a new version of esports. But then we go back to the conversation we had last week on the show, Nathan, where it's like a, a competitive advantage. How do you police that in competitive gaming where people will have this one-of-one one super rare NFT and the other players might be skilled, but I've got this super Armageddon to quote the late great Tracy Smothers, mega mass homicide. I'm a kill everybody in here. Like that, that creates an unfair competitive advantage. Like if you're a San Diego Padres pitcher and you put hot stuff on your ear and you cheat to beat the Mets in game three of them. I'm getting off the point, but I think that that's a question that has to be answered. I, I there's never going to be a perfect solution. First off, we're human. We couldn't get perfect. We couldn't perfect anything if we tried. Um, but because well, we're just, you know, people, there's not, there's no perfect thing. There is no perfect thing. Maybe Godfather too. Maybe it's, Godfather too. It's how oh, it's, it's just a great story of the Italian American immigrant experience. Continue. And the, the ability for people to find issues to, to, to lock into nuance, to lock into minutia, 
we're never going to have a perfect game, but we're going to get close. And I think that the hardest thing, and I, I'm reiterating this just for people to lock it in, just because it's a thing you like doesn't mean everybody's going to want to buy into it. Just because you really like this sandwich doesn't mean people are also going to like this sandwich. They are going to have different backgrounds, different tastes, and different ideas of what a sandwich should be. NFTs are sandwiches. Enjoy every sandwich. That's that's a very that's a very good point. Um, and I think when it comes to NFTs, um, like like we said, it's just something where where we're still so new. Like it's almost like comparing like you know a game or or the internet like back in 20, 2004, 2005, than way it is right now. Like I think NFT gets such a bad rap, you know. Because like we're so early, like we're judging, like we're using a, a, a like an industry that has been here for like twi- like uh, multiple decades, um, like the Web two industry, you know, with Web three, which is just like a baby, like literally, it's just like starting. Um, so that comparison, you know, between those two is, I think, is way too early. The things that we can do with NFTs. Um, it's, it's, there's, there's so, there's so much that I can, I can't even, you know, it's just the sky's the limit of what you can do. Um, once you, once you dig deep into the technology and just realize it's not, a, it's not just about JPEG. It's not just about, you know, quote unquote, like, you know, making money while you're playing the game. It's the difference, like, you know, you know, interactions, the different functionalities that you can, that you can implement within the game, uh, using blockchain technology. Um, you know, basically interacting with, with assets that people actually created and not, you know, assets that a particular game studio created and an asset that different, like, you know, game designers or assets designers created and put in the game, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a huge world and huge, so many applications of, of it. I think we're so early and, um, you know, the sky is the limit once you, once you really understand what the technology is all about. It may not be all about JPEGs, but it's all about JPEG.store, y'all. Cardano until I die. God bless you, Charles Hoskinson. <laughs> you are promoting the revolution. My closing remarks here, gentlemen, is that you both make excellent points. And I'm wondering if this is just a generational difference. And because I think of myself as, you know, you guys have given me kind of a crap because I'm not really that much of a gamer. Um, I have other hobbies and stuff that I like to pursue a little bit more analog hobbies, but I still do get the gaming stuff. I still do get that the blockchain could be integrated into this. I mean, for God's sakes, I'm not a Luddite. It's like, I'm very bullish on crypto, big, big guy into Bitcoin, Cardano. There's a couple other projects as well. And I'm almost also wondering if, you know, Matt, you touch on the traditional gamers. It's going to be hard to sell traditional gamers, but at the same time, Kalichi, you make such an excellent point about this is just a progression of technology. And I think about what we're doing right now, which is video teleconferencing, specifically recording it so that we can have this sort of panel type presentation while not being live in person. This has actually only been possible um, in the capacity that we're doing now for maybe 10 to 15 years. It's been possible for a while being able to put images over video and transmit them over the internet. But if you look at the way broadband speeds adapted, um, you could Theoretically, you could come up with Zoom in the 1990s, but you wouldn't have been able to achieve it until sometime in the early 2010s, just because the technology was not there. And by the time it evolved and by the time it was there, 
you had people like us who had grown up with the internet who were already, we were ready to use it. We didn't have to have a training session to learn how to use Zoom, to do video conferencing, to do this sort of stuff. And so I almost wonder if millennials and Gen Z, the generation below me and Matt, if it's just going to be, it's going to be that five to 10 years time where it's going to become native and it's going to become integrated, just kind of like every other technological progression. So I can see the concerns here with gaming companies trying to sell it to another market or to another generation. But at the same time, I think this is just the progression of time and technology that has always been. And if cryptocurrency and NFTs are as inevitable as I think they are, whether you like it or not, um, it's just a matter of time, really. I completely yep. agree. And yep. we will leave it here. Thank you so much for Kalichi joining us here. You can follow T Kalichi on Twitter by checking the information in the show notes or in the show description. And you can also follow us across your favorite social media platform. You can like, comment, and subscribe. I had the cough, which is why my mic was muted. And Kalichi, any final comments before we shove off here into the world of non-fungible things? I guess my final comments will be to really, um, I guess, do do a lot of research. Like, ask yourself why a lot of you know, you know, popular, you know, um, even celebrities or um, influential figures are like talking about NFTs, you know and you know looking into the technology uh these are not these are not like you know stupid people these are people who are really smart um and there's there's definitely a huge like, learning curve but you know you know i'll just i'll just encourage everybody to do the research and understand why it's it's creating such a buzz and then maybe you can you can see how maybe in 10 years from now it, 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 it could be the standard when it comes to you know gaming or other applications uh, no, better, no better way to end that one. Thank you so much, Kalichi Ebay. Nathan, thank you as always. We'll see you next week right here on The Minor Leagues.